0: Oh, my God. Salsa
1: shark. We're going to need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life. Men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie.
2: Clerks. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I can do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that
1: movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean, there's no noise? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. You're a clerk, paid to do a job. You can't just do anything you want while you're working.
0: Hey, you open? No!
2: Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we take a look at old movies and see if they're rewatchable, see if there's something in there, something beautiful. <laughs> I'm Robert LaRonde. With me, as always, is... Blaine Waters. And J.M. is not here today. He had uh, parenting duties or yeah. something.
3: Probably duties to look <laughs> after. Yeah. That's good. Like, right? Like poops. Yeah, exactly. That's some foul language. I'm just getting into the podcast and like what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we're talking
2: about Clerks. Exactly. The, the movie from, what is that, 1994, Kevin <laughs> Smith. And joining us to talk about said movie is Tom McGee. Hey, everybody. Tom has been on the podcast several Times and mm-hmm. you have a podcast. Uh, I do right now as well, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I run a uh, comedy Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, where we get improvisers and comedians who have never played D and D before. And we just let them play. So this has led to all sorts of hijinks from uh, someone informing me that his sword hilt was full of bees to a crossbow baked into a cake. So yeah, lots of fun. They, and what the fuck great. is D&D? <laughs> well, uh, D&D is the classic, as some will tell you, Satanist oh, okay, board game. I know, I yeah. know. <laughs> My mom warned me about the Satanism. Yeah. I mean, she should have warned you about the spiky dice. They really fucking hurt when you step on them. That's the real concern. Right. Yeah. Or you end up with a podcast, <laughs> but they're both bad.
2: <laughs> and before we start, we want to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh. They give you that great box of food. Yeah, yummy.
3: meals. Yeah, it's great. I had the meals, and I really liked them. Go to their website and put rewatch
2: 50 for $50 off. It's a good deal, and we've had the food, and it's good. Yeah, tasty. And we also want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Those are the people who give us 1, 5, 50. As much money as you can <laughs> or want to. Right, at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. give us your money. <laughs> it's like a take a penny, leave a penny, but we don't do pennies in Canada, so you're going to have to leave at least a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but, so now, the movie Clerks, it's a important movie in cinema like it has its sort of place mm-hmm. and I it's sort of a stupid reason that we're talking about this kind of because we I mean, were not really talking about it
3: because of it but oh because the Weinstein connection is that what you're I guess so because like when the logo came up I was like oh shit yeah I yeah, had oh. the same reaction Yeah, it's going to kind of hurt every Miramax movie that you see from now on. Well, it's going to hurt every movie because
2: every actor is a piece of shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Smith actually just said a few days ago, because I was really worried about that, too, because I love Kevin Smith's movies. But when the Miramax thing hit, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that's it. But he's donating all future royalties from any Miramax film he's done to women writers' cause in Hollywood. Because he's like... I can't give back the money I made from this movie 20 years ago, but I can make... yeah, Yeah, I spent it. So... If there are no royalties on weed, a, on, weed. <laughs> on weed and, uh, and oversized, uh, yeah, and novelty yeah. jerseys, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. That that made me feel a little less dirty about the uh, the special edition of Clerks that I own, right, <laughs> um, right, because yeah. I love Kevin Smith, but yeah, fuck Miramax, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's sort of what I thought as well. Like, it's good that he was trying to do something to make some sort of impact, and not saying that like he should be considered a hero over like the people who have come out and no, know, no, of course not. It <laughs> just yeah,
3: Doing something way more difficult, (laughs)
2: yeah. (laughs) But you know, we can give like Kevin Smith a little bit of a boost for a good intention. Exactly, a good a good action. Yeah, yeah, he's doing something proactive. Now let's shit talk his movie. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, it's an important film, so I think there'll be lots to say about it.
3: Let's yeah. talk about the first time that we saw it, Blaine. Uh, I, because I wanted to, like, make movies when I was a kid, and... Um, Interesting. Yeah. How'd that go? It's <laughs> really my therapist. <laughs> mm, tell me about that. How does it feel now? It feels great, Rob. Uh, I know. I wanted to make movies so my mom had told me about this guy who had made a movie at the age of 24 and it had done so well. And so I remember, like, renting it from my local video store to watch it. The local video store was right next door to the local convenience store. Oh, my God. Uh, so in a little strip mall. So, yeah. It was I, uh, the Quick Stop RST. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, except it wasn't in Jersey. It was in Ontario. But I really loved it when I was a kid. I thought that... It was kind of a breath of fresh air to all the movies that we were seeing. It kind of reminded me of Seinfeld a little bit because like Mm, Seinfeld's on TV too. It was very like vignette-y, like he'd set something up and just let it play out. And I thought that was really great as like someone who was liked being on stage and in drama so yeah i loved every minute of it as a teen and looking back on it i have some reservations now and huh. some and some questions to my teen self
2: uh but <laughs> we're gonna hold team blaine accountable <laughs> we'll put him on the stand yeah
3: yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i quite liked it and uh it was interesting to re-watch it what about you rob
2: well, yeah, I mean, I also, as somebody who wanted to make movies, was sort of introduced to Kevin Smith from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I had seen Dogma, and I think, like... Part of the other thing was that Kevin Smith was sort of like on the early internet in like a big way, not the early early internet, but like you know in the DARPA, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so like when we were wasting time at recess on the computers or whatever, high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Or between classes, whatever they do in high school, we you know we'd be reading about the movies that we wanted to see, and Kevin Smith because he was so like open with his fans, like it made it really easy to have an access point to like filmmaking. Well, yeah, he kind of felt like one of us yeah you know like that yeah. Kind of yeah for sure yeah. and if he can do it then maybe I can do it I mean probably anybody can do it yeah
3: because he was a film school dropout yeah and he went to like Vancouver film school yeah, yeah. Uh, so it just felt like oh he's like a halftime Canadian and maybe we <laughs> could like do what he could do
2: yeah 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 like he's not like rich he's not handsome no you know he can't punch a bomb. guy well, out and he was <laughs> also
1: talking about nerd stuff and I mean as a, yeah. as a nerdy kid growing up before because I mean it's it's funny now. Looking back at what it meant to be a nerd back in, like, you know, the 80s through pretty much to, like, Mm 2000-ish, where suddenly nerd stuff kind of came into vogue as people got older. And as the nerds got older, suddenly nerd stuff was popular. Yeah. But, like, Kevin Smith was the first filmmaker I can remember who was speaking my language to me about fan shit. Yeah. The Simpsons certainly was. And, like, I was getting lots of references from them, and that was awesome. But in terms of talking about Star Wars particularly, Mm -hmm. and then later with Mallrats comic books and everything else, like, I was blown away that like someone who made a movie likes the things I like and is putting them in the movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. and he'd also tell dirty stories like you would to your friends when you exactly, were thirteen yeah. years yeah, old, and right? He'd be
2: fascinated with like sex,
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Sex and having the Death not Star. had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I, Clerks, though, uh, I think I saw his like other movies, his more commercial before them, before Clerks? yeah, like Dogma and Mallrats, and so when it came around to Clerks. You know, I f- I found it, like, kind of slow and not as entertaining as his other films, though I sort of recognized it to be, like, sort of important for what it was. Mm. And, you know, it might be better than his other films in certain ways. Like, it doesn't have a mall, yeah, but, you know, there's, like, <laughs> discussions about things that matter, like the contractors on the Death Star or yeah, yeah. or something like that. So I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. What about you, Tom? When was the first time
1: you so, saw clerks. So I saw it in high school as well, and I also rented it on VHS from Blockbuster Video, which was right down the road in another tiny Ontario <laughs> mini mall. Go. And I'd seen, I think, similar to you, Rob, I'd seen Dogma first, I think. But it's hard for me to remember now, because I, I got into Kevin Smith in a huge way for all, all the same reasons we've, we've just been talking about. And that happened to me a lot in high school, where I would suddenly get hooked on something that I hadn't really encountered, and then dive deep. And I, I like, I didn't smoke in high school, I didn't drink in high school. I didn't swear till late in high school. <laughs> so it was weird that oddly, like the ke- Kevin, fucking grade twelve, yeah, fucking grade twelve, right?
3: <laughs> Just entering um, the school.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's, that's how I, I started my school year. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! Oh, I did it. Um, uh, and then I became the captain of the football team. But it's it's interesting. Like as I was rewatching it today, I was thinking how weird it was for me to kind of latch on to this universe that does live so heavily in stoner culture and in slacker culture. But again, for me, and I mean certainly, like Dogma was a much flashier film and a bigger film and a more colorful film. But I I felt hard for Clerks. It was one of the first films I'd seen like that. I hadn't seen like an arturish film. Yeah, before. sort of. Like I'd seen, seen quote, I'd certainly seen yeah. some of the the, the classics. But we, there was a joke in my household growing up that my mom would always want to rent quote quote, the classics, and invariably they'd be. A a film I should have fucking seen at that point, and B something in black and white. And I was like, Ah oh, god damn it. So it's super weird for me to see a modern film in black and white, mm-hmm. particularly one that was talking about things that my friends and I would talk about, like the fucking contractors on the Death Star. And also it's funny I looked up Dante's age today and apparently he's supposed to be 22 and I'm like this feels oh, like a shit. bunch of 14 year olds working at that thing because again for yeah me and my friends at high school I was like yeah these are the kinds of conversations we've had not necessarily all in the exact same voice right. as yeah. kind of throughout <laughs> but it also showed me that yeah there was a different way to approach script writing and certainly even with the script writing that I work on now as a, as a script editor or write myself that sort of Kevin Smith tone is definitely something that is at the core of where I think I started to learn that I could write in a way that suited me rather than just having to latch on to what I was seeing elsewhere and particularly in the 90s that was a lot of yeah. like very declamatory it was, it, was, it was because I was thinking of the golden age of the, the rom-com right with like um oh, yeah. the sort of like uh Tom Hanks, and, you you've yep. got mail sort of thing. And I can't write that style to save my life, but this style, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get this. Right. And then from there I, I bought in hard. I loved the evenings with Kevin Smith, uh DVDs, I've like yeah. bought everything. I bought his books, I followed his blog. And you're right, he was one of the first accessible celebrities where I'm like, Oh, holy shit, there's actually a way to reach this guy one to one. That's very strange mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of Hollywood's out there and here I am in Canada.
2: And he also sort of like predated like the sort of openness that celebrities have like Mm -hmm. now you're expected to know everything i mean a celebrity shares every aspect of their life through twitter or instagram Mm -hmm. but kevin smith was doing that through his you know stupid talking things or his podcast (laughs) i mean i call them stupid because i spent money on one in the past and enjoyed myself (laughs) (laughs) or
3: the one at roy thompson hall yeah that's right (laughs) it was good but i mean so you know
2: he's a yeah
3: he's yeah he's just all oh, he's a staple of filmmaking and and i think he's kind of uh a bright star for for like want to be filmmakers everywhere right like he was the guy that did that and i think for canadians too like i don't know probably for americans too but for canadians like i remember seeing him on the street in toronto and being like yep. oh that's like kevin smith like that's that's someone who did what i want to do yeah it's amazing well
2: he liked canada
3: like, yeah so that made us feel good he really liked the grassy uh, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, yeah, apparently saying the word hoser right after yoga. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. really, really like... But when will we
1: get moose jaws? I mean, we've been waiting, right? <laughs> oh, God. my
3: God. <laughs> well, hopefully it
2: has the same fate as Clerks 3. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> and Mallrats 2. Yeah. We should
2: probably do the rundown... ops rundown! ...of Clerks. It's about this guy... His name's Dante. We sort of first meet him, he's uh, in hell. <laughs> yeah, well it's just like it's just like shitty job hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which Well, he's actually like in a closet, right? Yeah, when he we first in meet a closet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he like he like falls out of a closet. Yeah, the phone's ringing. It, he's like sleeping like a vampire. It's weird. It's weird. And he answers the phone and somebody telling him to come into work. And he's like, no, I can't come into work today. I'm supposed to be playing hockey at 2 o'clock. But still, the guy insists. And so he has to go and cover for whoever and open up the store, even though... He's not even supposed to be here today. Wait, were you doing Seinfeld? Was that Seinfeld? No, that's what he sounds like. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what Seinfeld sounds like, saying that line. Yeah, the Yeah, the original Dante Hicks, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He auditioned, yeah. but uh, Kevin Smith couldn't afford to pay him. Oh,
1: don't uh, suck any dicks on the way to the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> we also deal
2: with girls who suck 37 dicks. Oh, my God. This just just the most sophomore movie Yeah, talking about. Those sophomoric jokes. <laughs> so he goes in, and, like, already, it's going to be, like, one of those days. Though it kind of seems like every day is one of those days. He gets there, and, like, the papers haven't been dropped off, so he has to go and steal them from mm-hmm. a, uh, a box. Yeah. Back and when,
1: uh, newspapers and newspaper boxes were a thing that were all like, mm, yes, yes, quite. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: can just go online to yeah. your news. Yeah, right? Right? But you know what? I never understood how people just didn't steal all the newspapers.
1: Yeah.
3: How do they prevent that? Just goodwill. Just People being good people. People trusted people back then. Yeah. The I- 90s. <laughs> <laughs> when things were Palcyon great. era. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then also, like, the shutters for the convenience store won't open, so he has to, like, make a sign with a sheet. The famous... I assure you, we're open yeah. with like shoe polish
3: or something. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely really shoe weird. polish yeah. And that was like a filmmaking thing because he uh, he could only film in the store after the store That's closed down right, yeah. at night. Right? Yeah. yeah. So he came up with like a story way of not having any light in the store. That's clever. Although I wouldn't have noticed, I don't think, because it's all in black and white.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have noticed anyway because I just don't pay that much attention. To <laughs> I would've been like,
1: "Wow, this uh, shitty convenience store really has uh, zombie proof. This is good. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> good really stuff. secure. Yeah, really secure. Yeah." yeah. Jersey. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So
2: he sort of goes about his day, and it's a lot of the typical, like... Well, I mean, some of it's the typical bullshitty customer stuff, but then some of it's like this guy comes in and buys a cup of coffee, and he he asks to drink it at the counter, and then as other people come up to buy cigarettes, he starts harassing them. Yeah. Being like... He pulls like... Uh, he says it's like
3: a lung or something. Yeah, which is just a piece of haggis they put cigarette burns into. Oh yeah. Yeah. I looked up a lot of facts about this movie. (laughs)
2: Well, great. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we gets, like there's like this big like demonstration. This guy is like, this guy is a cancer merchant. He's selling you death.
3: Yeah, yeah. You want to buy these cigarettes? We're all gonna die anyway, but we don't have to pay for it. You should buy. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some Chules gum. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm gonna buy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it comes out that he's a Chulis gum representative.
2: Yeah, well Come Dante on, is sort of saved by his girlfriend Veronica, who comes in, sprays the guy with like a fire extinguisher, and then like exposes him as... Is like a Julie's shill, right? And saves the day. So that sort of like sets up like the main sort of plot of the movie, if there is one, is that like Dante has this girlfriend who's like kind of great, but he's like. <laughs> And we sort he just of yells
3: into the wind most of the
2: movie. <laughs> 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 well, it's sort of revealed later throughout the film that he's also been like talking to this other girl. Yeah, his, his... ex girlfriend. Yeah, who he was like with for like five years. Yeah, and she cheated on him. Yeah, and moved away. Yeah, yeah. But so there's like this scene where they're like. Him and his girlfriend, they're at the convenience store, and they're, like, lying behind the counter. He has, like, a sign with, like, a, a dish with change, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, just take whatever you need. Honor leave system, yeah. Again. Exactly. And they're, like, talking about, like, relationships, and they ask, he asks how many guys she's been with. Mm-hmm. And she says, or how many guys she's had sex with. This is important. It's an important distinction. She says three. Yeah. Well, she
3: no, because she's really interested in his sexual proclivities. Because he he's slept with like twelve people, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he slept with twelve people. But so
2: we find out later after this guy comes up and buys some smokes, they start talking about this guy. His nickname is Snowball because of this certain thing that he enjoys, which is a sexual activity, Mm -hmm. and. Dante assumes that, because they're talking about the girl's friend having this name for him, that the girl's friend, his girlfriend's friend, gave this guy, Snowball, the blowjob with the Snowball. Right. But, in fact, it was her. Right. And so, this causes, like, a big freakout, because he's like, whoa, I thought you said you were only with three guys. She's like, I've only had sex with three guys, but, you know, I wasn't counting... Sexual acts.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: And this causes a
3: big thing because I know.
2: he asked her the number.
3: <laughs> and I hate I hated it watching this movie. I hated his reaction to it. It all felt so awful and I hated him as a character going forward. Yeah. From his reaction be like, thirty seven dicks, you so and I was just like, get get over it. Yeah. God damn it it's kind of like the 90s where like he felt like a sense of ownership over her mouth and he was like he was like yeah I'll, like kiss 37 dicks every time I kiss you I'm like oh god yeah. man well, like let it go there
1: is something interesting I think as well in terms of at the end of high school I definitely uh, identified with Dante from the perspective of not knowing what the fuck to do with your life and being kind of stuck right. and like on board with that. Uh, but I remember being struck even then, and particularly now we're watching it with Randall's whole bit, And this is jumping ahead a bit, Rob, I apologize, but like, yeah. Randall's whole bit later where he's like, fuck you, man, this, this girl's great, and mm-hmm. you're being a piece of shit. And it's funny because I, I, uh, coming into it, I'm like, yeah, fuck Randall, I like Dante. And I was watching <laughs> it again, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I mean, Randall's a piece of shit for different reasons, but I'm like, <laughs> but he's like, you know, he's on point about this because yeah, Dante truly is terrible to both women in his life. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like, those are the main characters out of these
3: 90s movies. Yeah. Like, made by like, the, like, the white man is like, ah, we gotta, we gotta love slackers. Like, Smith's white? I know. (laughs) It's shocking. Uh, but like, it, it's this, the slacker culture, I mean, even movies like slacker, like, it's, it's this thing where I remember in high school, friends of mine and me like buying into it and being like yeah the slacker is the best like that's the person you want to be no direction in life hates their own life and i'm like yeah i want to be that person (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i mean there's like like that was a reaction to something
2: as well yeah for sure the slacker culture was a reaction to like the corporate culture and yuppieism and all that stuff so like why become part of that like the shit that douglas copeland was writing about being so not satisfying in generation x right you know Why not drop out? Now, obviously, now we know that that is not an option. (laughs) We've seen Clerks 2. (laughs) It doesn't work out. Or maybe it does.
3: I don't know. I never saw Clerks 2. We'll talk about it later. Okay, sweet. Um, Uh, There is a poster of Clerks 2 in the store, because the store still exists in Jersey. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, The video store next to it is closed down. I went on Street View and checked it out. (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I was such a geek. But they have a poster of Clerks 2 in the store. And I was wow. like, yeah, oh, keep amazing. it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real. yeah.
2: But, I mean, like, that's this movie is basically looking at Dante's, like, hang-up about his, like, sexual... About, you know, his girlfriend's sexuality. Well, his,
3: I mean, his hang-up about everything. Like, he, he kind of wants to stay in the past because he wants to be with his ex. Yeah. He doesn't want to, like, learn anything new because he hates learning anything new about his girlfriend. And he doesn't want to go to school. Like, there's a lot of, like... Things that are pushing and pulling him to keep him in the same spot. Well, and you get Mm
1: -hmm. the sense that things with his ex weren't good either. Like, what what I, again, what what really clicked for me in high school watching this was, like, this is a guy who, everything's a grass is greener. Mm -hmm. But we, what's nice is the film actually gives us evidence that, like, hard evidence that the grass is definitely not greener in any other situation. Other than figuring out what the fuck, you know, there's that whole section at the end where he and Randall are talking about it. But, like, what do you actually want to do? Yeah. Because you, you seem to hate everything, but you're not... You, you hate everything, but you refuse to change anything. And so you yeah. just bitch constantly about what you hate. I want to
2: write a movie
3: <laughs> called Clerks. <laughs> exactly.
1: And I think that's why it's the perfect teen movie, too. Yeah.
3: Because it's like, you, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I kind of, I wanted to be an astronaut for the first part of my life, and then I wanted to make movies. And so, like, I was very... I didn't know what I wanted to do, and this movie it like gave me license to do that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? it gave me license to to slack off to for dream. a dream. To, to dream, or to have no dreams, or to just like just be who I was, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what these these slacker movies kind of reinforced in in a high schooler, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah While well, putting everybody else down,
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what high school's about too. Well, it's funny. So uh, I was going to get into this a bit later, but I guess we'll bring it up now. Um, so I watched the uh, I bought the Clerks X DVD a long time ago, which was the tenth anniversary re release, and he put okay. the original cut on it, which he pulled off VHS. Right? Because huh. someone um, shoots Dante, Dante at right? the end. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what what I found really interesting about. uh what I loved, one of the things I loved about Clerks when I watched it as a teenager, was the because I mean it's going through the usual high school drama and bullshit and feeling shady about myself all the time and worrying about relationships and worrying about yeah high school oh. yeah high school <laughs> best years of our lives. <laughs> but I loved in the the theatrical release and sort of the, the actual ending. Where they're just like, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? And he's like, well, I'm going to go visit my ex-girlfriend in the hospital. I'm going to try and patch things up with my current girlfriend. And I'm going to open the store. Like, I'll see you then. And just that sense of, like, life oh goes God, on. my God. It's like
2: waiting for Godot.
1: Well, it's like waiting for Godot, but I actually found it very hopeful. Because it's like, yeah, this was, like, the worst day you could have. But you just need to still... Show up tomorrow. Like just do. Yeah. Just keep muddling through that. You'll be Tomorrow's fine. gonna be the new worst day. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but like that's that. Like that's a day. That's what a yeah. day looks like. And then what's weird is watching the original cut today, where Dante just gets fucking shot at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a different vibe it's and more it's, hopeful in a way. <laughs> well, <laughs> it ends. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But I mean, it, it also in terms of like g- giving you the permission to just like you know figure this shit out. The original ending does not give you that permission. It no. says, and then he died. Get out before you get shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By some guy who is going to rob the $8 in the quick stop. Fucking convenience. Life is too anything. short,
2: man. <laughs> Make a movie about your shitty job. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so there's other characters that we should introduce. We got Randall. He's like Dante's foil. He's the guy who runs the video store. He doesn't show up till, like, almost noon. And meanwhile, there's, like, people trying to get in to, like, get tapes. And when he does come around, he, like, fucks with them by saying that he bets, like, one person that he's going to get the tape that they want to rent. And they don't know that he's the person who works there. Yeah, yeah. He also orders a bunch of dirty titles in front of a little girl and her mom. Some of which I will uh, recite now. <laughs> no, it's not like... It's vagina, not, vagina, this penis, the vagina. Worst. In <laughs> penis, vaginas. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. That's that's a pretty good one, though. Oh, and, I, oh, and uh, happy, scrappy, uh, puppy... Oh, right. yeah, yeah. That one,
2: too. <laughs> yeah, and they have, like, their, their conversations, their Death Star conversation, mm-hmm. and, like, these little, like, sort of semi-philosophical sort of, you Yeah, know. but
3: he's mainly, like, the shock jock of the two of them. Like, he wants to shock and awe people all the time with what he's saying. He, like— Yeah. It's, it's not—I it's not, don't know if it's clear in this movie if he, like, actually likes the things that he's doing or whether he just does them to shock people. Like he he rents like you know transsexual porn and stuff like that, and I don't know whether it's because he watches it later, so I don't know whether it's because he likes it or because he it's because it's shocking to people. I think it's both,
2: yeah. Because like another issue with this movie, I mean, there's a lot of issues with this movie. Is like there's a lot of like homophobia. Oh that's man, kind of like, so
3: much homophobia.
2: like, calling each other faggot thing that people yeah. did in like the '90s and yeah. hopefully have stopped doing now, right? But you know, I think like in sort of retrospect, like I think that that was. I was think a lot. Of,
3: it was a lot of Jay in this movie of Jay and Silent Bob. Well, I mean, in, was, like Randall, did, Randall did, uh, did a too. lot of homophobic
2: yeah. sort of remarks. Jay is more like calling everybody sluts and bitches. Right? <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of it's, yeah. all, it's all like I don't know how like two misogynistic drug dealers became like the icons for a generation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they got the, they got to go on an adventure with a monkey at one point. That always endures you to the people. Ah, that's yeah. true. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it. It's, it's weird because it does – like, obviously, I didn't grow up in in Jersey, but it, it did feel like that time, and it, it felt like a lot of the bullshit I was seeing, what's unfortunate – like, so on the one hand, yeah, it, it's true to life. On the other hand, yeah, it's gross to watch now, yeah. uh, particularly because so much of it feels unnecessary, and it's one of those weird things where it's like, I get that this is how you were talking then. If you had – for example, just with the line faggot alone, if you just cut that, if that had just not been in this film, it would stand up a lot better now – Regardless of, yeah. you know, that's well, how we spoke back then, you know?
3: Yeah, but even, I mean, even the misogyny, like, uh, the homophobia is one thing and the misogyny yep. is another. And, like, that's coming around. And I think the things they're saying about uh, how they refer to women in this movie are going to be just as shocking as they that say stuff. bitches and sluts. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and, <laughs> so,
3: yeah, no, that, that's
1: fair. And I mean, yeah. it's odd. I think part of it, too, is, my brain has gently conflated all of the different messages of all the different films that these characters appear in into yeah. one kind of super. Yeah, you like say Jay this, and Silent Bob are ragu. so fun. Well, well yeah. they're, they're he fun.
2: doesn't call as many women bitches in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Well, I mean, <laughs> Chasing
1: Amy has Kevin Smith deliver this long monologue about uh, respect. It's similar to yeah. r- weirdly Randall's little comment about Dante's girlfriend. I actually, um, it parallels parallel. It. Yeah. It's a theme. Yeah. It's a theme, and it's it's a very like genuinely touching monologue in Chasing Amy about, like, the, the the people you care about and why you care about them, why you should care about them and the kind of bullshit you should just let go, otherwise you lose them. I'm like, ah, oh, great. So the problem is that version of Silent Bob lives in my head as much as this version of Silent Bob in the same way that, oddly, all the shit I know about Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith's relationship yeah. lives with Silent Jay and Silent Bob to the point that I'm willing... Personally, I'm not saying this is correct, but I'm willing to mentally mentally write off a lot of the bullshit that happens in this movie because I'm just like, oh, but I know their relationship enough to know blah, blah, blah. The problem is that when your friend is drunk and says something, you're like, but I know them. Sure, kind of. They're all right. But unfortunately, it means that I'm letting like a bunch of external data I have influence a film, which can be helpful, but also the film is a film. It exists from top to bottom. That's the movie You know, unless Spielberg wants to go back and put in, like, walkie-talkies, the (laughs) film just stays as is. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I I agree. Even if I showed this to someone now who didn't know these films, all of the misogyny in this film would be fucking astonishingly horrible. (laughs) Like, just, like, at one point, uh, uh, like, a girl that I think Jay's theoretically has some kind of relationship walks up, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's a human vacuum cleaner. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's just, it's... (laughs) yeah kind of shocking and they just let it slide like it's not shocking to the characters it's just
3: yeah but i think i think what you said is is kind of true though because there is a larger universe here the view universe the you said yes. that earlier I, and i, I and that's the first time i've heard it. But, yeah. but there is a larger universe here and so Someone watching this movie and just this movie is going to have a certain idea of what Kevin Smith, who, who Kevin Smith is, mm. and and what he stands for. But I think the the larger piece and hearing him talk and hearing him talk about his relationship with his wife and stuff like that, like I think that presents another side. So yeah, I think there's I, two sides. I'm to not going to say sure. that like
2: Kevin, you know, I think that this was like his first movie. He was a very young man, yeah, and he was man. like. You know, when you're a young person, you're, like, very much, like, debating these sort of things. And I feel like, like, Kevin Smith, the writer, is critical of Dante and Randall and kind of Jay and Silent Bob when they, like, use these sort of remarks. And, like, he's definitely, like, getting the rise for it. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, he is exploiting that. Yeah. But I do think that, like, throughout these movies, if you sort of look at them, there is, like, a growth. And, like, I think that he does... Or at least he sort of like would challenge his own like narratives with his first with some of his movies anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take a break, but we'll be back in just a second.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: All right, we're back with Tom McGee. We're talking about clerks. So, we were talking about some of the other characters, some of the bigger characters.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Are you referring to... To James Allen Now
2: <laughs> No, I was talking about Olaf. Uh, Berserker!
3: <laughs> that part
2: was my, yeah, he, one of my favorites. He is a, <laughs> he
3: is a bit, pretty big character.
2: Yeah. And there's like other like sort of like it's sort of like a window that we get into like this world from behind the counter. Like we see the people who come into the convenience store who buy smokes who are like weirdos. There's like this one guy who is
3: looking for the perfect dozen eggs. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and Kevin Smith's sister is in that scene. Uh, she talks about how it's, oh is he a guidance counselor and like yeah how did you know and she's like well all guidance counselors like eventually get this way because they don't do anything good with their lives like they don't have an impact on anyone <laughs> which is pretty it's pretty harsh yeah it's pretty harsh <laughs> Some guidance counselor
2: that Kevin Smith had was like, I told you to develop your film. <laughs> he was the one who's like,
1: go to Vancouver Film School. Yeah. He like,
2: Here's this form. <laughs> did you follow up on that Vancouver so, Film School thing? <laughs> Kevin, this is your guidance counselor.
1: <laughs> you and your fucking perfect eggs. <laughs> it's your guidance counselor, Mr. Hicks, Mr. Dante Hicks. Hey, that name's good. I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you guys like your guidance counselor? Did you have guidance uh, counselors? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Tobias was one guidance counseling, Tobias, Mr. Tobias. Yeah, his last name was was Tobias. <laughs> Did he wear small cut-up jeans? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah, he was fine. But I mean, the the problem I always had with like guidance counseling in, in high school was I, I know particularly Ontario when I was in school they would drive really hard at either you can go to like a trade school or you can go to university and fuck you it's one or the other you right. have to do that full stop. So like I'm, I'm mathematically illiterate. And here I was like, like, I'm like, I'm a writer. I want to go to university and study theater for money. (laughs) Um, And uh, they're like, cool, you should take trigonometry. And I'm like, okay. And it just like curb stomped me for a year. And like, so he was useful in kind of being like, you could take this other thing, but probably just take university. And like, I didn't feel like there was anything to, Counsel because it's like you have two options, pick one, to go. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys have guidance counselors? Was that a, a yeah? Thing, I had a yeah? guidance
2: counselor. Yeah. My guidance counselor was really great, except she should have told me to go into law or business or something. <laughs> <instead laughs> what
3: theater? She told you to go into theater. You were like, I want to go into theater. And she's no, like good no, choice. No, no. yeah,
2: well, that's what of course I wanted to do. Yeah. And, yeah. And she was my drama teacher too, though. She was she was kind of
3: biased. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I
1: guess. <laughs> she yeah, was right. like,
2: you could be back here, <laughs> <laughs> and you too will count
3: the eggs.
1: My <laughs> guidance counselor was the ghost of George Bernard Shaw. Yeah. Ooh, be like me.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: God. Yeah, my guidance counselor didn't know my
3: name. She thought she thought my name was Blair. That sucks, Blair. Yeah, this was awful. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bad, it was a bad thing. bad. Gonna use more guidance, huh? Yeah, I know. Okay,
2: so a bunch of stuff happens. Like Dante's ex, who he has been having like phone conversations with. Is apparently getting married. He reads an engagement notice in the paper. Yeah, <laughs> as so, you do, as you do.
3: It's because he can't get updates on his phone, <laughs> so he has to read it in the paper.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: when you update your uh, relationship status back in the '90s, it's real. Like, you got to send a letter to the editor. Like <laughs> exactly, you have to use the mail. Make, make sure your spelling is correct. Yeah, on your typewriter. Yeah, you know, exactly. you got your eraser ribbon ready to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's
2: a really funny scene where he calls the paper to see if it's a misprint. Yeah. <laughs> like they just misprinted an entire wedding announcement.
3: Well, the weird thing is, it happens to be a misprint in the end, right? Like no, it's kind of a misprint. In a well,
2: way. it's the like the fiance's mom was premature in publishing it. Happens to a lot of moms. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But so he's upset, and eventually, Caitlin, who's his ex, actually like comes to see him at the quick stop. Yeah, and this. <laughs> This is sort of where it all sort of goes wrong because previously a guy had come in to use the bathroom.
3: Yeah, and he gave he just gave him a porno mag for the bathroom. It, it, it was
2: it was an escalation. Let's yeah, be fair. First he asked for soft tissue, and that's reasonable. Yeah, and well, then for a newspaper, and we all and, like to read.
1: And to your point about Seinfeld, like that to me was the most like Larry David sequence where this guy just keeps coming back and being like, "Yeah, listen, Larry, I need the soft tissue." Yeah, like yeah. you could hear the the fucking theme song playing when like Fun It's like, here, just bum, take, bum, bum. just take yeah. the porno mag, <laughs> 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 yeah, and and it's that one blocked off. Sh-
3: I mean, every shot is blocked off in this. There's not a lot of like. Uh, for like an auteur director,
1: there's not a lot of directing in this Well, in this and movie. he calls himself uh, out on it constantly in his early commentary tracks and yeah. everything else. He's like, I can't direct for shit. He's like, I can write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just pointed the camera at the thing and said, go. Well, I'm sure he also directed the actors. Like, there's a lot more mm-hmm. directing right. than just like where he plays <laughs> the camera. But
3: like...
2: Use the same <laughs> voice for every line. <laughs> I'm not even yeah. supposed
1: to be here
3: today. <laughs> yeah, you
1: can take a magazine.
3: <laughs> yeah, emphasize one word in each sentence. Yeah. It'll be perfect. Uh, but yeah, the guy keeps on coming back into frame in that, uh, yeah. in that shot, which, which makes it way funnier. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but so he decides, you know, even though
2: everything that he's told us about this woman is that the relationship was awful and she made him feel terrible and cheated on him eight and a half times, he decides that, like, now he's ready to commit to her, even though he already has a girlfriend who brings him lasagna. And so he asks her for a date, goes home to get ready for it. She comes back before he does and uses the washroom. And this is, like, the I, not, most of the its not even notorious. It's just—it's weird. Yeah. It's weird that it's in there. Like, I kind of, like,
3: half forgot about it. Yeah. Like, I remembered something about it, but I definitely didn't remember that it was a dead dude. Yeah. So she yeah. goes into the bathroom, and—I mean—
2: Dante comes back and Caitlin comes out of the washroom and she's like, wow, let's do it like that every time. I never want to do it any way different. You just sit there and let me do all the work. Don't even move. Right. Don't even breathe. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. That's what she said. Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, you know, you didn't, I wasn't there. You, that wasn't me. Right. And it, it takes them
3: a long while to get there, though. Like a good, a full, like, three minutes. Yeah, of- <laughs> and it's not like in one
2: of those, like, good, like, ratcheting up the tension sort of ways. It's no. just like, just please, just,
1: just get well, this scene yeah, over Although, it, yeah. the flip side of that is that we say that now, remembering that that's the guy who went in. That's actually a pretty long con. Because that, no, you know, that's that true. scene happens much earlier in the film. They do a bunch of other shit. They, they, they go away. Yeah, they the wake. hockey scene. They, yeah, they there's play the lake. hockey. Like, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff that happens. So. Knowing that now, that scene does feel interminably long. If you don't, then it is genuinely a mystery because yeah. what the fuck happened there? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's you know? fair. But,
3: but we do see Dante entering the
1: store, so well, we know, we know it he wasn't, wasn't Dante. Yeah, exactly. But we don't. Like I. Yeah. yeah, I, I, when yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember the first time I watched it. I wasn't immediately like, "Oh, it's that guy from before." And when it right. was, I was like, "Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah." You're that's, right, fair. yeah. that's fair. That's fair. I was just like. Good defense. Oh, I remember what's happening. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so and, now, and when
1: you do know that scene can be half as long because we get it, and it takes yeah. them a long time to to get there. Exactly. It, it takes her a really long time to figure it out. I'm like, you of all people, like you, you know, you just came out of a bathroom and he, like, yeah. he was there. Now he's there. Like, you should be on. But this. she's the one that like did it, so she
3: probably is the one that doesn't the most want denial. To yeah, yeah yeah. It. yeah, yeah, the most. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, were well, you just hoping that the guy would come in and shoot Dante right then? Like,
1: that's kind of what I was hoping. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's, hey, dude, you have a
3: gun. <laughs>
1: that's when the absurdity of because well, like him. even the hockey on the the roof is fine. It's, it's like that's when things get legitimately absurd. And yeah. weirdly, that scene and the ending where Dante does get shot sit well together. That scene ending where Dante doesn't get shot. Seems really out of place. Like it's right. the only super absurd thing that happens in that movie. Well, but I, it's kind of linked
3: to the story earlier that he tells about the the eight and a half times she cheated on the half. Right. That she went into a room. I oh, the that's right. Oh, damn. And he oh, was man. passed
1: out. Right. Way to write, right. Kevin right. Smith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
3: so, so he well, really took an arc there. Uh,
1: well, yeah. and I mean that's that's something else that I hadn't seen in a lot of films was the seeding of ideas in that way. Even the the shoe polish thing was just a constant callback mm-hmm. right. and seeing sort of very good writerly callbacks in something as banal as this not something as sort of high like oh yeah it's like it's out of order like pulp fiction it's like no no, no this is a, a linear narrative but we're still gonna have tiny callbacks and, and mirroring yeah. and things yeah. yeah interesting. i don't know but you know i found like the the choice of that scene like a little bit
2: weird or unsettling like as a teenager i i think i loved it as a teenager like i was like <laughs> oh
3: that's so crazy like i remember you getting
2: a lot of fantasies huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: just go my to convenience s- store bathrooms from then on and my <laughs> slash fiction is off the hook right now guys so,
3: uh yeah no i remember liking it but yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of too much now well it, it you know,
1: fridges caitlin to further dante's stuff like we don't yeah. we don't have enough of her to understand, like, and she's a really strange character. Like, she's an interesting odd character. She's, you know, one of those classic characters that we hear about for a long time so Mm. we have opinions about her. She shows up, she's actually almost weirder in person than what we've heard. Mm. Um, In terms of the misprint thing, like, she's a really unreliable character so I don't really know how much that's truly She's just a crazy sidewinder, flaky character. But then, we don't really get to see any of that play out because this horribly absurd thing happens to her really just for the benefit of Dante realizing that he's in love with his girlfriend. It seems
2: like they're kind
1: of punishing her
2: for her sexuality. Yeah. Like, which is weird. Yeah. And like, Dante is a shitty person. There are lots of shitty people. All, they're all kind of shitty people, but they don't really get
1: punished, except to well, get well, shot. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Olaf seems all right. He just wants to rock. Yeah, yeah he, he just, just wants, wants to, to make him fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it, it, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about while I was watching this today, though, is... Because this and... Uh, I forget when Sex and the City started, but this would have been a little bit earlier than that. This was 93? Right. When, well, when 94? did this... 94, yeah. 94. So, Sex and the City, I think, was 98... A little bit later. Um, but in any case, um, but that sort of frank discussion of sexuality and the idea of, of, like, now, of course, we look at that and we're like, ooh, it's like she's getting punished for sexuality. I can't remember anything else at that time that was talking about sexuality and granted sure. smith was being like super crass about it but it's interesting because a lot of people also give the early sex and the city process just being like wow they were talking like they have a conversation about anal sex in the back of a taxi that literally no one had had on tv before right. and i feel like for me this was the first film i was watching that was talking about sex in a way that teenagers talk about sex in sure. that kind of like pre-internet we're still trying to figure out what the fuck everything is way so i, I didn't read it that way at the time it definitely reads that way now but- yeah Mm-hmm.
2: Before this, the only way you could talk about an orgasm was by saying,
1: "I'll have what she's having," <laughs> <laughs> or by panning slowly up to curtains. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was the real way. Yeah, yeah well, no, that's the, true. The, the we sort of show like, special.
2: We sort of like look back at these movies with like our accumulated sort of knowledge of everything, and we sort of like forget how like everything that we know has been built on like the boldness and mistakes of others, and like. For a long time, people just didn't talk about sex or sexuality. Or, like, sex was just, like, one thing that people did, you know, between a hole in the sheets. Right. And then, like, this this movie has an expanded vocabulary. Yeah, definitely. Like, snowballing. Well, and... (laughs) And when, like, the internet sort of came about, like, those were the things that, like, all of a sudden you had access to. You didn't have to, like, find an old penthouse in the woods or something like that.
3: You, could just you be were like, raised in <laughs> a small Ontario town. Because that's how it happened. That's, that's just, how it all happened. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, too true.
2: Now you have uh, to find
1: a tablet with porn on it in the woods. Yeah, yeah just an iPad <laughs> under a rock with, like, yeah. a six-pack of craft beer. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Like, uh, wait, wait, these, these weren't hobos. These were hipsters. <laughs> yeah.
2: But we can still, like, be critical about it and be like, well, sure. that was, like, a little bit weird. But, Maybe I wouldn't do it that way today.
3: But also, like, not just the... Uh, Women were like hypersexualized in this. Like the the men were really sexual too. Like everyone was pretty sure. sexual because they were all teenagers. Even though they were in their early twenties, yeah. they were all teenagers. And Kevin Smith has a whore mind. <laughs> He's dirty. Well, and uh, <laughs> just like, a whore mind. <laughs> That's great. That's Did like, you see that
2: tweet? That's like his, his loving anniversary you. tweet to his wife. No, what was what was it? I dare not repeat it, but it involved the. A word that started with P, a word that started with A, and a word in the middle that started with T. The Pat. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Um, His wife's name is not Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: I did, however, like that his girlfriend Veronica, is that her? Yeah, Veronica. I liked it. Veronica was also the first time I'd seen a female character defend her sexuality in just a a straightforward, earnest way. Yeah, Because she's not at all, and like her explanation when he's like, well, why'd you suck so many dicks? She's like, well, sometimes I'd be making out with a guy, and then like, I don't know, I'd just suck his dick. And Dante, of course, is like horrified and everything else, but that was one of the first times I'd seen female characters given license to actually just defend their sexual choices in a way that wasn't a weird like damsel in distress thing, or a shamed thing. And what's funny is Dante then immediately shames her, but I think as the audience we're supposed to be on side with with her. her defense, and that's also largely because all the characters have that Kevin Smith deliver, particularly in this film more than any of his other films. They all sound like Kevin Smith having a dialogue with himself. <laughs> so, what's interesting is we get her defense of her sexuality the same way Dante would defend his sexuality or anyone else would.
2: <laughs> it's just a blowjob! <laughs> <God. laughs> what's the deal? yeah I'm not <laughs> even supposed to be down here <laughs> yeah but that's, that's fair for sure but, and it yeah. continues on with like I mean his only other good movie Chasing Amy <laughs> no right but I mean
3: and like Yoga Hosers
2: I guess that's his like only other movie that seriously tackles themes of like sex and
3: well relations. in terms and, of- and Nazi bratwurst yeah, yeah. sorry that's Yoga Hosers again <laughs> I'm sorry Bye.
1: yeah but when are we going to talk about moose Jones? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Well in the end, she like leaves him though, like she breaks up with him.
1: Well, and that's why why I dug the again that that original ending or like not the original ending, but the the actual ending of the film where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to try and patch this up tomorrow. Probably isn't going to work, but I'm going to try. Blah blah blah. I was like, good. That's that's that I can relate to that in terms of mm-hmm. it was one of the first times I'd seen a, a less than clean ending on something like that that wasn't definitively someone died tragically, and it's one of those like. It was a great love, but now they're gone. Films, or it was like we worked it out. Like he caught me on the way to the airport, and Unresolved. that was very helpful at the time for me. Now I'm just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, high school me felt very differently.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Clerks. <laughs> and that's <laughs> Clerks. Much. We did it, guys. Yeah, we did it. We did it, and they did it. They like they made this movie working overnight. Like everyone had a day job. Like, it seemed like just a labor of love for everyone involved. And it was like all local theater people and people that he met at the film thing in, in Vancouver. So, Canadians
2: and. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like a notorious start that he had because he sold his comic book collection, he maxed out his credit cards, and he somehow raised $32,000
1: to make this movie. I remember one of the stories he told on, I think it was the first evening with Kevin Smith was that he would work as many shifts as he could at the video store and he'd apply for credit cards as Kevin Smith. And anytime someone called to check the reference, he'd be the guy who'd pick up the phone and say, oh, yeah, Kevin's great. Like, you should give him this loan. <laughs> so he basically got a bunch of credit cards and a bunch of lines of credit because the manager at the video store was vouching for him. And they just used all those to make the film, yeah, and- which is – fucking bonkers, but I mean... <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm glad it worked out for him. Yeah, I yeah. feel bad about other people who are like, well, if Kevin oh, that, it,
3: oh man, I'm in so much debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people will do that. Like, even, like, I've heard stories about film school and, like, people are spending $50,000 on their, like, film school film. Yeah. Like,
1: like, a 10-minute
3: piece, and it just rocks it, Anyway, it
1: blows me away. I, it, well, and the, the fact, too, that, that that's sort of fascinating about that that idea of the DIY filmmaker is that Smith was one of the last people to do that pre-internet, right? Because that changed fucking everything. Like, the fact that he he had to, like really shopped this thing around. He showed it, what, Ken? Was that where he showed it? He showed it somewhere crazy in a gut. And Sundance. That's where Sundance. Sundance. Well, it was
3: it was, uh, it was was a thing in New York before he had shown it uh, to buyers. It was a buyers festival in New York and no one came except one guy from Sundance and was like, oh, hey, crazy. you should put in for this festival and he didn't even know about it. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's in Sundance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like in the biopic of Kevin Smith right there. Sundance? <laughs>
1: interesting. <laughs> Actually,
3: Chris Helmsworth.
2: I should yeah. check
1: that out. Yeah. So what's neat about the cut I watched, today is that it it is the cut he showed at Sundance And to those words right. and like the sound is garbage There's they just like strip it off of VHS band doing all the music. yeah like none of the music's the same a lot of the mixing's terrible and he opens with a video of course where he's just like so this is what you're gonna watch and I warn you to be shitty on the other hand it it kind of actually helps because with the video quality being that shitty and it like you can see the lines running through where the tape was like right. warping and everything else I was like yeah th- this is how this film Feels like this. They feel it will always feel right. like a VHS film. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, all I going to say is that like he he had to do all of that at a time when you didn't have crazy access to you know Vimeo yeah. or YouTube or everything else, and people weren't making like independent movies. Like that wasn't really what? a thing. Like there was like
2: the, the Coen Brothers. Like they those were the first people. <laughs> them and Sam Raimi. Like, Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't like at the time. Like again, you could just go on the internet and find out how these people did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like it sort of became part of like a huge movement, you know, which sort of involved like Quentin Tarantino Mm -hmm. and uh, Spike Lee and Robert Rodriguez and uh, other people, and like they sort of became like the heroes
1: and darlings of indie cinema. Yeah. And then the market shifted. So what's interesting is like Kevin Smith's story is very useful, and I think like definitely in terms of my own, as I said before, my personal development, Clerks is a huge part of that. However, I to our point earlier about like maxing out all your credit cards, I don't think that's how it works anymore no, because the market so. has shifted so drastically that, okay, I'm going to max out all my credit cards so I can make this film on shitty cameras and I'll edit it myself and the music will be terrible and it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't exist anymore in the world of… Red and I mean iPhone cameras that are people are fucking actually shooting movies on like it yeah it's shifted a lot so it's it's a useful piece of film history in terms of like that's how you could do it and quite frankly in terms of the writing and the the shooting of it it's like like I have no experience directing a film I've got experience directing theater I watch something like Clerks I'm like oh that I could do I get that <laughs> well no but like you spend most of your time working with the actors could we all you know spend that. yeah exactly sure. you spend very little time actually worrying about the shot setups and everything else but yeah that era is. Gone, and it's kind of an interesting uh, relic of that Yeah, for time. sure. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You well, could just go out and make a movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. your shitty convenience store <laughs> right. and your video store. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, then you would get sold stores. at Blockbuster. Yeah. Which is yeah.
3: crazy. Yeah. That's, so let's uh, go make a movie. Yeah. yeah. Let's do we it. could call it Cars. Yoga Hosers. <laughs> yoga Hosers, yes. <laughs> I just want to see that movie... Just to, just to hate it. it yeah. just looks I don't so think that bad. you do. It looks so bad. Well,
2: did, did you guys see Clerks 2? Yes. No, yeah, I did. No, I no. once saw it in the theaters. Me
1: too. I was super excited about it. I
2: was super excited about it too. And I remember it being okay.
1: Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> the, after my first viewing, I was a little bummed about it. And it's weird because it, it does feel... Because, I mean, if you watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back... Mm-hmm. And then you watch Clerks, it it's like night and day. They, they feel so violently different in terms of. Well, Jay and Silent Bob's like a cartoon. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it, it feels like a big. And it, I mean, it was. It was a big budget, crazy, like kind of goofy action film. It's very strange. And Clerks, too, carries some of that tone with it. For sure. Which is a bit of a bummer. But I thought the way that it handled. It was like I, I run a sequels podcast as well, and like I think a lot about sequels. They're just yeah. I think really interesting, and it. I don't think Clerks needed a sequel necessarily. I was happy it got one, and then watching it was like, yeah, this is an interesting way to look at what your life is like ten years later. Although again, when I looked up Dante's age, because I remember like <laughs> as a teenager, I'm like, yeah, he's pretty much my age. And then watching Clerks too, I'm like, oh man, Dante really fucked it up. He's 33. <laughs> I'm like, god damn it, I'm Dante. <laughs> um, but it's it, totally there is some shift. Like there's a like a dance number in the middle of it. Right. That just really feels odd. And yet for all of that, there's, you know, a, a really long introspective piece where Randall's talking about like the best years of our lives when we're basically Kevin Smith reflecting on how much he misses that style of filmmaking, which is weird because now that's what he does. And yeah. since since uh, the Smodcast Network went up and since he was just like, fuck it, I'll just make my own movies that I want to make whenever I want to make them. However, I want to make them hashtag yoga hosers. He, I'm glad you've embraced that. Hey, man, I'm, I'm with you. I once <laughs> saw Tusk at Midnight Madness. I wore the mask. I did the whole thing. was Tusk? Tusk is really weird, but it's almost better for the story about why it happened than it is for the film. Like, okay. everyone in the film gives a 100% dead like, dead committed performance to it, which is fun. Yeah. Joel Osment's really good in it. Sweet. Uh, good in everything. He, he delivers a monologue straight into the camera in one take that Kevin Smith was like, yeah, I forget. Sometimes actors could just like act the hell out of something. And that's real nice. <laughs> but the story of Tusk, if you haven't heard, it's worth looking up on Smodcast Network. And it's literally, they, they were high and riffing about like, wouldn't it be funny if this was a movie? Right. And then a week later, he's like, I still really want to see that movie. So I think I'm just going to make that movie. <laughs> And okay. he ran a Twitter campaign and he was like, Do you want to see this movie? If I make this movie, will people see it? And they're like, Sure. And then he he just toured around to individual theaters. It's weird, his his career's gone in a complete circle because yeah. he for a while there he was really tied up in Miramax. He decided to end the Viewist universe with Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, or, sorry, I guess with Clerks Two. He decided yeah. to end it, then he came back to Clerks Two. He'll always, you know, but it, but <laughs> be in the meantime. Back, well yeah, and he's tire, he's got yeah. one coming now. Uh, he's doing the Jane Silent Bob reboot where he's sending up reboots of things with Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. What yeah. about Mallrats 2? <laughs> so, if you want to know. So Clerks 3 is no longer a go. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Because... Jeff uh, Anderson, I think, didn't yeah, want in. Yeah, the guy who plays Randall Randall didn't want in. Because he's up Fair to so enough. much other stuff. Mallrats 2 was going to be a <laughs> Maybe film. Maybe he just doesn't want to be
2: an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man.
1: He was, was handing him to the wolves. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, I want my like fucking so Clerks 3. me <laughs> <laughs> Clerks 3. <laughs> what shitty place are so they working now? I want that dance number. But Mallrats 2, the mall going to get demolished. So they had to move up shooting on it. And then for some reason they couldn't do it as a movie so they are going to do it as a TV series and then that fell through as well. A lot of this was tied up in Weinstein web money. Series. Web series. Do, yeah. So, well, I mean, he's talking about doing Clerks 3 as a play now. I mean, who the fuck knows? Oh. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, Jan and Silent Bob Reboot. Who knows? Who knows? But he stepped out of all this for a bit and started just directing and that's how we got uh, Zach and Miri do a porno. Yeah. That's how that's we how got uh fucking cop out because he wanted to work with Bruce Willis. Yeah. And he... Isn't good at directing other people's shit. And what's weird is now he's back to just writing his own stuff and promoting it himself. You get weird stuff like Red State. Like, Red State's crazy. Red State's, like, half good. Yeah, it's not great, but it's just nuts that he made that film. Yeah. Like,
2: anyway. Yeah. So. I mean, like, it, he's interesting, and I'm glad that he, you know, is continuing to do whatever he wants to do. I haven't, like, felt the need to see a Kevin Smith movie in a long time, but he's, I still, like, respect, like, the stuff that he is. Well, and his podcast
1: done. output I, is actually what I find best from what he does now. I'm just like, his podcast stuff is great. It's entertaining. Yeah. Enjoy it. And it's, honestly, that's enough, I think.
3: Yeah. Did you do Clerks 2 on your podcast?
1: No, not yet. Not yet. My, uh... Yeah, we should uh, should do that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It It's... I haven't seen it in years, but it'd be... Watching this one again, it... it, Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think it's weird that he brings back all the male characters, but none of the female characters, like, are
3: ever seen again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're not real characters. Yeah, and the one girl that played Dante's girlfriend at the time, she, like, wanted to become an actor, actress for a, a long time, and she dated... She got married to one of the actors on the, on the set too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting.
2: Did you guys see the clerk's cartoon? I own it on DVD, sir. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you would.
1: I had a, a really good friend in high school who, uh, who was obsessed with like obscure animation and he would, and he got me, to his credit, he got me on a clone high. So big, big thanks to him, but he, um, he would be quoting the clerks cartoon all the fucking time. And I was like, there can't be a cartoon of clerks that doesn't make any fucking sense, but he would quote it constantly. So finally I went out and got it like a cheap DVD copy and it's really fucking strange. It's I like it. I I do too. But it's so. It, it, who's it for? I don't know. Because well, it's like it's it's a cartoon, and they can't swear, but it's fairly adult and like references a lot of weird 80s stuff. Like there's a whole episode about Jay and Silent Bob sell firecrackers instead of weed. It's you can't get Alan high with Alan Baldwin is the the mayor. He's Leonardo Leonardo, right. the mayor of Leonardo, New Jersey. Like it's so. Yeah. Well, it was like changed. pretty notoriously
2: troubled. Like I think the second episode came out first and then like the third episode came
1: out. Well, it like, aired the second and e- it was a clip. Show. The second episode was a clip show. Oh, of the right. first episode. It was like it was the first show I've ever seen to do a joke. So I think it beat the Simpsons. To this it may not have but like, well, it, the Simpsons was a legitimate clip show, though. It's yeah. a clip show of clips that didn't happen. Community's done it like a bunch of shows. Yeah. Rick and Morty's done it a bunch of times. It And, yeah, the problem is if you just air that episode... Because, like, hey, remember that time we were climbing a mountain? And it's like, yeah, that was last week. If you haven't seen the last week's episode, it's just a really bullshit thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, like, when it's on, it's good. There were some episodes where, like... I, I can remember maybe three of the episodes of the like the six that exist, but
2: I remember the, like there's this one, there's this one episode and like everything is going to go to shit, and maybe there's like a court trial. Yep, that's the one. And then, the, <laughs> and then it just like gets hastily completed by Korean animators, and the bear is driving the car, and who's driving? Axel oh no, Scholder bear is there. driving.
1: Yeah, because it's Judge Judge Reinhold. <laughs> right, it's right, also the right. First show I'd ever seen make that joke where like the judge in the courtroom is Judge Reinhold. So then there's this whole weird undercurrent of like Beverly Hills Cop stuff and then there's yeah just a black panel that's like the ending to this episode was lost on the way to the Korean animation studio we hope you enjoy what they came up with and it's like Transformers and Pikachu's there and they're just like <laughs> uh, there's like someone's driving a Transformer the Transformer transforms with people inside so <laughs> it just <laughs> gushes that. out of the uh, Transformer right. yeah. and then eventually like Janson and Bob go and liberate the animation studio yeah 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 like, it's, it's crazy they free
2: us from our prison
1: yeah it was and like I watched that ep- like that episode to me is like the if you save one piece of that series it's that and it's such a it, it predates again a lot of the stuff I like about Rick and Morty and a lot of the Dan Harmon style of yeah comedy that came later yeah it was pretty good and actually Jason Mewes did a I haven't seen it but Jason Mewes made a, an animated Jay and Silent Bob film Later. Really? Yeah, it's on, I think it's on Netflix, but, um, after he got clean, he started showing interest in directing and writing, Kevin Smith was like, well, if you want to do this, man, and I think it's called Jan Slamp Bob's Super Groovy Animated Movie. Oh, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that exists. Yeah. And there was also <sighs> supposed to be a Clerks. Four? No, there was supposed what? to be a Clerks live action show, which okay. actually predates the cartoon. And it was like, I think starring like Jim Brewer from SNL. Whoa. Goal boy, What? Yeah. He was maybe Jay. Or they, oh, he wow. was going to be Jay, but then Kevin Smith owned the name, owned the rights to Jay and Silent Bob, but not to Clerks. So he said that they couldn't use. He was so disappointed with the show that they couldn't use the word Jay. They couldn't use the name Jay, so they changed it to Ray. And apparently, <laughs> it, they only did one episode, and then that was Ray and Talkative Bob, <laughs> like
3: yeah, <laughs> Talkative Robert.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then Kevin Smith, like he submitted a script for them to use, and they didn't use it, and that became one of the episodes of the cartoon series. Oh, interesting.
3: Yeah. And didn't Weird. he also have, like, wasn't he writing a Superman at some point? Like, he's, Yeah, he's done
2: that. So, yeah, the Superman thing was supposed to be Superman directed by is, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, yeah, and it's, honestly, that's,
1: that story is yeah. one of, is the best thing I think he's ever put to one of those, like, Evening with Kevin Smiths, See, uh, yeah. and it's spectacular.
3: And that's what's so interesting to me, is that, like, he did Clerks, and they're like
1: he should do a Superman movie. Well, the like, way it came about was they they brought him in to do rewrites right. because they liked his writing and basically they're like, here are the, th- the three films you can do a pass at. It was like, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, right. the remake of a nice. Twilight Zone episode and Superman. And he's like, well, actually, like I know a lot about Superman. And so it, this was like a nerd dream come true for him and basically he was just giving notes. So he just like ripped up the script. He's just like, Oh, this is fucking bullshit. Here's the blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, thanks. And he goes home and he called his friend. He's like, Hey, I just told him their Superman script sucks. He's like, did you offer to write a better one? He's like, fuck Um, then they just kept calling him back and anyway it's a beautiful story it escalates great there's a wonderful tie into wild wild west in it yeah yeah it's definitely worth a listen it's on youtube i'm sure
3: well it's it's interesting to me because like right now they take people who make a good independent movie that does sand dancing (laughs) and then they make them do a star war and it's yeah it's weird i feel like they got it from that too like well
2: like half the time it doesn't
3: work out like when they got that guy for fantastic four or whatever fantastic four yeah Yeah. Yeah. i kind of feel bad for that guy even though no, I, I, I guess I shouldn't because he did it to himself. But, like, it's a lot of pressure.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, that that,
2: uh, that I mean, f- it's a weird sort of I thing. don't know anything
1: about it, but yeah.
2: Um, it, but, you know, I think the thing was is that, like, Kevin Smith actually liked comic books and superheroes. And for the most part, like, at the time, it seemed like Hollywood thought that comic books and superheroes were sort of beneath them. And yeah, yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Batman. It made a bit of money, so it's good. But, like, like they didn't actually but like, it, like it, them. Yeah,
1: enough. no, I agree. Because it wasn't really until Sam Raimi's spider-man that you got a comic book fan making a comic book movie right uh, yeah. although uh, donner was also a bit of an exception with with the original superman flick like tim uh, burton didn't like comic yeah, books. yeah burton hated comic books yeah he was a comic book like he, <laughs> yeah. he, he like drew and, no uh, he's
2: like an old gothic novel
3: oh god yeah right. in a burton, dusty bookshelf get out of here
2: with lightning outside <laughs> oh, and johnny depp is dressed like him and helena Carter <laughs> is dating <Dana laughs> him as johnny depp um, yeah Sweet. yeah Let's uh, talk about whether
3: we thought *Clerks* was rewatchable. Blaine, what do you think? You know, I think it's I think it's rewatchable in the fact that it's done a lot for cinema. It's like a cool time capsule of cinema. But I don't think I'm ever gonna rewatch it again. I like I don't think it's that rewatchable to be honest. So mm. that's I feel like people are gonna get mad at me for saying that. But I'm gonna stick by it. I'm gonna stick by it. See how it feels. What What about you, Rob? I, I'm a <laughs> No, no, about the movie. No, I'm a guest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're not even supposed to be here today. <laughs>
1: I'm supposed to be playing hockey at two.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. I th- I think parts of it do stand up. Like I think it's problematic. It's sort of a document of its time. Like I don't think we should let people from the '90s off the hook for for the 90s for the 90s yeah, <laughs> the 90s. yeah. <laughs> just all branded with the 90s it's not like a great film but i was surprised at how much i enjoyed the writing and like there was some legit funny stuff in there and i found myself laughing at points and i really thought that i was probably going to be above the whole thing you know mm-hmm. so i i think it's probably rewatchable
1: what about you, Tom? Uh, it'll always be rewatchable for me because if it, it fit that that sort of important point mm-hmm. in my life. I, I agree with you, Rob, like i there there were a lot of parts that I found myself laughing out loud at, which I don't really do with films I've seen a lot anymore. However, I don't think I could show it to someone who hasn't seen it without throwing so many caveats on it. Yeah, <laughs> and that that means something. And so I think ultimately, in terms of the general rewatchability of it, I think if you extract parts of it and are like, hey, this this is the time capsule bit like watch, for example, like watch the Death Star Contractor scene. That's going to tell you so much about how Jet Apatow happened and how a lot of our current comedy happened. Watch that scene because otherwise, yeah, you have to add a ton of caveats. So, yeah, I, th- I think it is rewatchable, but it definitely carries with it some of the most problematic stuff about 90s culture that if you don't remember it or you didn't encounter it is going to seem so fucking crazy. In the same way that watching like a late fifties movie is like, whoa you can't say that. Um so yeah, I, I think yes with a with an
2: asterisk. Yeah. All right. So that's rewatchability for this week. We want to thank our sponsor again, HelloFresh, and our Patreons. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> You guys are fucking great. Yeah, you're wonderful. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, and you can give us a review and rate us there. We prefer the five-star reviews. (laughs) And you can also find us on Facebook. Follow
1: us there. We're on Twitter. Tom, where can they find you? So you can find me at McGeeTD uh, on the Twitters. I uh, review Nerd Stuff frequently on MyEntertainmentWorld.ca and on my personal site, WallHoppen.ca. And you can find Dum Dums and Dragons on iTunes or on SoundCloud. It's GarbageProductions.net.
2: All right. We got to wrap this up because I have to go to work like right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening.